the Delaware State of the Arts. I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is Helen Chamberlain, the Executive Director of the Rehoboth Beach Film Society. The Film Society was established in 1998 to enhance the cinematic arts in Delaware by connecting people with the art of film. Throughout its 25 years, many film programs and interactions with filmmakers have been offered to introduce viewers to the art of filmmaking, as well as to educate, inspire, engage, and entertain. Rehoboth Beach Film Society's events feature thought-provoking, informative, and inspiring films as a means of connecting diverse audiences with the cinematic arts. Selecting relevant and quality films is a programming priority for all events in order to please the interests of viewers. Depending on the program, the selection process can involve the advice of a film buyer, staff experience, critic reviews, member suggestions, volunteer reviewers, and or audience feedback. Helen, thank you so much for joining me today. And as we kick off here, can you share with us how the Film Society was founded 25 years ago and why it's such an important cultural asset for the Rehoboth Beach area? Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Andrew. Um, It was founded... The story is, is that it was a group of people that were hanging out um, at a coffee shop and had this great idea about, you know, they were sharing their love of film, independent film, uh, which is non-theatrical. And um, what, you know, how could we bring that here or how could we share that experience? And it was just, you know, um, that was the seed that was planted. Uh, Their first festival was actually at Dogfish Head Brewery. Um, who's a great supporter and partner here in our area. So the idea was very much like a Sundance Film Festival or a Tribeca. You come up with a slate of films working with a New York City or or LA-based booker, programmer, uh, run the list of films, give people the opportunity to experience some really great filmmaking that you won't see um, through the theatrical release because they don't have the big distribution deals with the Hollywood uh, studios. So that was its genesis and it continued to evolve. And then they formed the nonprofit, the Rehoboth Beach Film Society, to formally Uh, move forward as a nonprofit and be able to engage with businesses and seek funding through public grants and uh, local private sector support. And then that launched the membership portion of our uh, organization where people could subscribe and become members and have benefits associated with attending the festival. You all currently are at the Cinema Art Theater. Previous to that, where was the film festival held or did it kind of travel along different areas? Sure. So the Cinema Art Theater is actually in Lewis and that's one of our challenges because the society's offices are in Rehoboth, but but we screen and film at our two screen theater in Lewis. So it's about, we're about two miles apart from each other. So it definitely makes it exciting when you're, you need to be at the theater and you're, you know, trying to get through traffic. So originally the festival was screened at Midway Atlantic theaters, and they even provided uh, office space to the staff that programmed the festival. Uh, They had the, you know, you talk to anybody that's, that remembers the festival in its early days. And the first thing they'll say is the tent. Oh, you know, we had a tent. It was great. You could hang out all day in the tent. Um, And that, that really reflects and speaks to the fact that the festival brings people together and that means community. And that's 
currently a challenge that we're facing with coming out of the pandemic is trying to reestablish the community piece of gathering to share, you know, your experience of watching us the same film, but having a different outcome or a different view of what you saw and doing that in a venue that, you know, in this case was a tent. So as we moved forward, um, it became clear that the demand for independent films grew outside of just an annual fall festival. So that was the engagement piece that uh, drove actually creating a, a space to run independent films in the form of an art house. So non-theatrical releases, you know, in a, in a place where people could come on a weekly basis. And now that we had a membership driving that and see independent films on a weekly schedule. And then eventually we added alternative filming too. You had mentioned it's a two theater house. Uh, how many seats can fit into each theater? Sure. So our main theater is 104 seats. The smaller screening theater uh, is titled Gems after it's one of its primary funders. So the Gems is what I would consider an intimate screening room. Uh, those are important. You know, when you're supporting a community of artists, and, and there are quite a few here, even if it's just seasonally, they'll come into the, the screening room, the smaller screening room, and test their sound. You know, they may be editing here. Um, they'll come in and want to make sure that they're accurate in telling whatever that story is, if it's a documentary. So they'll bring the people in that are that have knowledge of that and review a film that's in its final editing stage. So um, that's why I consider it a, a screening room. We run programming, you know, off of each other. So something starts up in the main theater and then probably 45 minutes later, we're running in gyms. So we we jump back and forth between the two theaters. And this was a location built specifically for you all. Was it a uh, already existing movie house that you were able to kind of co-opt into the film society's location? Uh, no, actually, what what occurred was originally the society worked with several other arts nonprofits, formed um an organization, a nonprofit to go out and actively try to find a place to build an art cinema facility uh, in Lewis. And the problem was, was that, you know, acquiring land and it was really, it came down to pushing us across coastal highway on the West side. And when you do that, you really lose people that are here along the shorelines when you go inland. So it never came to fruition. So then the next move was to find a physical space. So it was actually retrofitted um, uh, for us as a theater. Are there any favorite attributes of your theater, you know, as a as an operator or the things that you're like, this is my favorite part of the cinema art theater? Um, the main theater is is my favorite part of the arts theater because you have stadium seating. We have a, a official projection room. So you really do have an option to provide quality cinema that's online with going into a traditional cinema theater. The Film Society offers several programs that listeners may not have access to at nearby commercial movie theaters like Regal. Uh, examples like the National Theater Live, the Pride Film Festival, the Met uh, Live are just a few examples. Can you expand on the successes you've had with these events and what keeps them coming back? Absolutely. So, you know, you're here in Lewis, 
Rehoboth Beach, and you're able to see the Met live in HD. That's the Met Opera House in New York City running, opening their opera. Um, we screen about a week after the live opening, but we are certainly looking at going in and changing that in the new year when, when the licensing contract renews and actually screen it in real time with the Met in New York City. So for many people who are locating here full time, whether it's to retire or just they've been able to work out, um, you know, their business arrangements so that they can work remotely. You know, this is an extension of the Met. If you're from New York City, you come walking right through our doors and you're you're experiencing real time. You see the interviews during admission um, with uh, the actors. You know, they'll bring in the costumer and talk about the costumes. So it's a pretty good deal if you're not in New York City and you save, you know, on parking and, and all of the things that go with that. Now, when I talk about National Theater Live, you know, that's from the London's West End. So you're looking at plays that are on their broad, the equivalent of their Broadway. Um, and, you know, what better way to see that again without going to, to London, England to experience it firsthand exhibitions on screen that's a really cool uh format that's taking some of these really famous you know the van goghs of the world and monet but then also some uh of the impressionists that we don't really know about and packaging that in a documentary style film that also goes and, and takes the viewer to actual exhibitions around the world of that that particular artist so that's pretty cool. And then something new that we launched, everybody always talks about, oh, we need to reach the younger audience, the younger audience. That's a really broad term. You know, for me, younger audience can be the 40 to 50 year age group um, or the 30 to 40 group. But we want to expand that 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 idea of film by featuring our Sunday's anime matinees. You know, that's an incredible genre anime that came out of Japan and the just the beauty of it and the way that it's built and filmed. So we do those on Sunday afternoons for anybody who has an interest or curiosity or follows anime. So those are some of the examples. When you talk about the Pride Film Festival, the Pride Festival is, first of all, it's new. Um, that's a mini festival. And we have a series of mini festivals that we do in the spring that counterbalance our big fall independent film festival. So the Pride Film Festival was actually originally titled the LGBT Celebrations Festival. And that's the only mini festival that under my short tenure we've renamed. Um, the others have such great brand equity that there's no need to make any changes to them. We don't want to confuse our current or even past film goers by changing names but the Pride Film Festival is really the idea behind that was to collect that group of audience and people who like those films and put them more in line with where they come together. And that's really in the month of June during the Pride uh, festivals at large, you know, internationally and nationally. So we're really excited about that. And we'll, par we'll partner with Camp Rehoboth for that festival. I want to take just a minute here to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to News Radio. 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Helen, you had mentioned your fall film festival and what a perfect segue to talk a little bit about. 
uh, the film festival that just occurred this November and some of the great recognition, some of the great successes that you had. The fall film festival that we just hosted this past November was actually the 24th anniversary. And it was it it's it had a very, very broad mission. And the mission was to bring it back post covid, put it back in its official format of seven days and get a line of, of films coming through that's very similar to what the film festival represented. You know, two years of COVID did a lot. It's hard to even come up with some of the positive outcomes from it. But the point is people, I think, reevaluated their lives. They were forced to sort of slow down and take a look around. But at the same time, it didn't help the, the entertainment industry, especially any entertainment industry, but especially film, because it either reinforced or invited people to figure out how to video stream in their house. And, you know, that that's a curse when it comes to uh, trying to get people to come out and see cinema, whether you're, you know, at Midway or any film house, art house, that that's a curse. So we really wanted to, to take the equity that, that has been built around this fall film festival, get it back out, dust it off, wake up our our patrons and people that come you know from dc virginia and say hey it's here we're back and we're moving forward so we had a great turnout um we saw we were at about a 70 percent total ticket sales tickets sold 70 percent average across 33 screenings we sold out four films uh we we put some receptions in there we didn't have a tent we put some receptions in there, three of them specifically, with um, several bi- local businesses sponsoring those. And just really just tried to remind people of why you come to an art house. It's for the sharing in the community and the engagement with other people. We had a few uh, people come in and talk about their films. And the good news is, is that that's greenlighted us to really go all out for our 25th anniversary next fall, 2023. And honestly, I really am trying to work towards the tent and bringing the tent back. Where we put the tent will be geographically located with where we are in Lewis, but uh, we need it. We all need it. And so many people, their responses to us and feedback were, we were so glad to be back and to see people again. And and that was consistently the message. You had mentioned membership. And so on your website, I see here that listeners can learn more or become a member via your website. But can you share with us a little bit about benefits that come with becoming a member? Absolutely. So membership has its privileges, as we all know. And you, when you're a member of the society, you get a reduced ticket price at our weekly scheduled films, which is under the banner cat this week. So we screen Wednesday to Sunday. You get re- reduced ticketing. You have priority seating when we do our festivals. There's some discounts at local venues, restaurants that comes with that, depending on your level of membership. Gold membership is the highest level. If you're a gold member, you have the opportunity to come into any of our Cat This Week films for free. Um, and we give you water with that too. If you're just a basic member, uh, which $40 a year is, is pretty, hopefully is, is attainable for people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, you uh, again get the reduced ticket price. Um, and, you know, there are so many great films. We run like four films a day when we screen. Are there other ways listeners can be involved with the society, like volunteering or donating? 
you know, donations are always great. You know, every nonprofit relies on donor driven funds. You know, we, we do our end of year giving. We're in our holiday season of giving like every great nonprofit out there. There's so many to choose from. But, you know, here, if you if you're interested in in supporting your art house, that means that you're supporting community because we are part of the community we employ locally. We provide and consume and purchase here locally. So local businesses benefit from the art house daily operations and volunteering. We have a fabulous volunteer workforce. If you volunteer for us, you do have the option to see a film for free during that scheduled time that you're there. We have so many people that that volunteered again, just for the engagement and being able to be around other people and have a sense of, of belonging and involvement. Um, our volunteer workforce is incredible. We must have like 25, 35 volunteers every season. We love our volunteers. So you can get involved that way. If you are retired or you work in a specific skill set, you know, like, I don't know, an actuary person or, you know, some form of skill set that you still want to use, we always welcome volunteers to work with us in our offices in, in Rehoboth. Everything from just, you know, like I said, you could be uh, a numbers person or you could be an avid gardener. We'd be happy to have you come to the, the society's offices. We have several gardens here that need trimming and, and flowers that need to be planted. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunity to connect with us on different levels. So as we look to 2023 and beyond, there's a plethora of events coming up, uh, even in early 2023. And can you share a little bit about what's to come? Absolutely. African American Film Festival 2023. It's February 17th through the 19th. This film festival has been delayed. It was originally supposed to run in 2022 earlier this year. It was canceled because of COVID and trying to find our footing with that festival. So the films that you're going to see, the documentaries are going to be documentaries that were planned for earlier this year. They have a really great list of shorts that are going to run for about an hour and change. And these shorts documentaries cover everything from Black Americans that are Chesapeake watermen to a young composer who's become an orchestra composer. Uh, a concerto is a conversation. I mean, just some all the way to the Kentucky Derby and the history of African-Americans as jockeys in the Kentucky Derby. So it's it's really great programming. And Dog Dogfish Head is the sponsor. They were originally slated for February 2022, but they've signed on for 2023. We're going to have hopefully either a specially made brew uh, for Black History Month or maybe a special cocktail at our after party on Sunday afternoon. The Jewish Film Festival, they had to change their dates, but they're back on their correct dates. So they did run their festival in 2022. It was in May, but we're back in line with March 2023. That will be the 15th through the 19th. They run a little bit longer. They have some really fabulous films that are coming up that are first run features and then also a really great plethora of Jewish shorts, which are pretty funny. But everything from Lost in Transport to Dedication 
the Jews and the blues. So they're, they're covering a wide genre of films related to supporting Jewish heritage and, the, and that community at large. They also, we partner with, the, in Wilmington, we partner with the Jewish Federation of Delaware to put this festival on. And then, like I said, we'll have the Pride Festival in June, but we also want to support the education piece of our mission statement. And we do, we're dusting it off and bringing it back. It's the Rehoboth Beach regional showcase and that invites filmmakers from the mid-atlantic region to bring their films in for consideration obviously we have a panel that reviews it we come up with a slate we'll run those uh films may 5th through the 8th we encourage the filmmaker to come in with his film his or her film and be prepared to have a questions and answer discussion after they screen their film so it's a really a first opportunity for them to see their film on a big screen. Helen, this was so enlightening, and I'm hopeful that our listeners uh, gleaned a little bit about the Rehoboth Beach Film Society. And if you're down at the beach and if you're down by the water, please give them a, a visit there in Lewis. Helen, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Absolutely. You know, my my suggestion is if you want to put stick your toe in the water, um, go to our website, RehobothFilm.com. On the right hand side of the dashboard, you'll see, you know, subscribe to our e-newsletter. So every week we send a newsletter out by email. It lists all of our current films. Thanks for the opportunity to share what we're doing here in the Lewis Rehoboth area. Delaware State of the Arts is a weekly podcast that presents interviews with arts organizations and leaders who contribute to the cultural vibrancy of communities throughout Delaware. Delaware State of the Arts is provided as a service of the Delaware Division of the Arts in partnership with News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. The Delaware Division of the Arts, a branch of the Delaware Department of State, is committed to supporting the arts and cultivating creativity to enhance the quality of life in Delaware. To find out more about the division, visit arts.delaware.gov.